Florida Racing. And it's time for Inside Florida Racing. Rob, we ready to roll tonight? Mr. Rob? Yes. Are we ready to roll? Yes, we are. Holy cow. So what's up, man? Not much. What's going on with you? Well, we're uh, still a little uh, recuperating from uh, a very... Very uh, long but rewarding uh, weekend at Volusia Speedway Park with the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. It was, uh, as usual, a big crowd and one one really, really, really good uh, event over there. And we're going we're gonna to have Joe uh, Lewandowski on with us later tonight. I mean, not Joe Lewandowski. What am I talking about? Joe Linebarrier, who uh, was the announcer at... Uh, Volusia, and he, of course, worked with uh, Rick uh, Angie's uh, uh, announcing the the dirt uh, late model race, as well as everything else over there Saturday night. And it was uh, it was a, it was a good event, as he will attest to, I'm sure. Sounds like it. Yeah. We only had uh, on tonight. Uh I say we got a big guest on tonight. Yeah, we do. Scott Legacy. Junior. Yep. Currently sitting 12th in Nationwide Series points. We'll talk about carding and uh, things that have happened in his life to put him where he's at today. Actually, you know what he really wants to talk about is he uh, he's a graduate of, uh, of uh, Flagler over there in, uh, on the east coast of Florida. And he's uh, he's putting together a charity event uh, uh, for this Wednesday night, and uh, he he wants to uh, talk to us about that and uh, tell everybody what it's all about. It's uh, something he's uh, he's uh, very uh, committed to. That's for sure. Right. We're also going to talk to Joe Winchell, who seems to be uh, seems to be. Uh, Really uh, hitting on uh, all cylinders, pardon the pun, but uh, he is. I mean, this guy's just, uh, he's been pretty hot of late. In the late models on the asphalt side. Yeah, something I miss. Hmm? Something I miss, the late models on the asphalt, yes. 
Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, you know, there's not really any mystery. I know we got a couple of emails um, uh, from uh, people uh, suggesting already a driver of the month for June. Yes. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt who that's going to be. I've had half dozen people Saturday night walked up to me and said, well, I guess it's a foregone conclusion who the driver of the month for June is. But, <laughs> but, uh, by the way, we uh, uh, Joe uh, presented uh, Grady Christian, uh, the uh, Hildebrand Jewelers uh, driver of the month for April. He presented him with his uh, plaque uh, for that award over at uh, Volusia on Saturday night. And how'd that go? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was yeah. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Grady was... Uh, Grady's a big dude, man. He's a big dude. There's a picture of him somewhere out there on the Karnak or Real Racing USA. He's holding his baby. And guess what? Ivan and Lloyd, when he got his uh, guitar, he didn't break it up. He didn't smash it. Well, it's because he's not an arrogant asshole. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> there you go. So, so what uh, else is going on uh in the racing world. Well, let's see. I'll tell you what. Henry County Motorsports Park is moving. Um, it's moving very quickly uh, towards the June 18th or July 18th uh, opening date. And uh, uh, Ken Kenny is just ecstatic about how the uh, track surface has come along. And I cannot tell you how how incredible it is the change that has occurred in the. In, in two weeks, in just two weeks, uh, um, it looked perhaps there was even a chance that the, the track opening would have to be delayed several months, if not all year long, preparing um, the surface. But uh, a whole bunch of people, as is detailed on HenryCountyRacing.com, has come together and they've got that thing under control. And the place looks great. And uh, uh, new staff are being added, and those announcements will be forthcoming over the next few weeks. But uh, that's a big deal. Of course, Rob, I don't know. You you haven't been around a, a racetrack for a, a few weeks, I believe. But uh, there's still a persistent, there's a new persistent rumor that uh, the man who was going to really make a lot of money this year has sold his track. I don't believe that it's true, but it might be. Is that a track uh, located in Central Florida? Well, I don't know if you call that Central Florida. It's uh, South Eastern South Central Eastern Manatee County. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Who, uh, so we don't have any information. No real no information. No, but there was some pretty persistent rumors over the weekend flying around that um, some folks from New York had bought the place, but uh, I don't have time to chase down them kind of. Rumors, when it happens, yeah. it happens, you know. <laughs> and then there will be a party. So, uh, do you care that I went to a Rays game? Does oh, that count for anything? Did you really? Which one? I the Phillies? Did, uh, did you go see the Phillies? saw the Phillies. I saw the second game on a Thursday night. I had awesome seats. Second row, right behind the dugout of the Phillies. So I got to harass those guys, Jason Worthless and the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good, though. 
Yeah, it's cool. They killed them. It's a good time, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, my brother-in-law, uh, so thanks out there to him for uh, hooking me up with the tickets. See, the trick is you got to get somebody to hook you up with four tickets and only take, like, your wife and one other person, then you can sell the other ticket for a $50 bill and go from there. Yeah. Because you're going to need it. You're going to need some cash when you get there. Beers are six. Figure it out. They get you in the joint, and then you got to spend money. Well, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, one of the hosts on this show, uh, Rob Bonehead Elting, at one time earlier this year, was extolling the virtues of selling cheap tickets and talking about mer- merchandising once you get them in the door. I do believe Nobody I heard listens. that. Nobody listens except for baseball. <laughs> they got it I'll down, start, don't they? I ought to start going to baseball games. Yeah, they got it down, man. I've gone to probably, uh, I don't know, at this point, probably about 12 uh, of the Stone Crabs, Stone Crabs, which is the Rays affiliate down in Charlotte uh, County. I've gone to about 12 or 13 or so of their games this year. Good time. So, Jack, uh, you and every other person that's over 50 years old ought to be feeling real good about yourself these days because uh, you know why? Why? It's because you guys outlive Michael Jackson, all you over 50 year olders. Yeah, I'm way over that. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's it's good, doesn't it? You outlived a bunch of people. Well, you know, that's stuff that um, people my age um, and a little bit older than me uh, think about uh, a lot because in our time, you know, I was talking to a guy, a salesman, the other day in a, in a, in a, a, a retail store, and and uh, he's a few years older than myself, and and he was talking about you know the cool thing about people our age is we we uh, were able to be a part of so many different types of music and generations of music, you know from doo wop in the fifties. I mean people you know like Frank Sinatra and all that, then into doo wop all the way through Jimi Hendrix and 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 you know and, and so forth and so on. He was talking about that and. Then we started talking about that's exactly what you were just talking about, you know, and you're talking about Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix and, and all these heroes, you know, and and, and people that when we were young were uh, John Lennon and so forth. And, yeah, when you when you, you and some of us lived, lived pretty crazy lives back in the 60s, you know, and uh, 70s. And, uh, yeah, it is a good thing. So, anyways, the uh, the passing of the pop legend, uh, Michael Jackson. No, 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 no. King of pop, king of pop, a uh, king of pop. There you go, king, king of, of pop. pop. You know, I, I, to me, it really hasn't bothered me a whole lot. I know that uh, some of you folks out there are in love with Michael Jackson and thought he was the greatest person ever for rock and roll or for music or whatever. And I give him his props for the moonwalk and uh, wearing one glove and being weird and wacko. He was uh, the king of that for sure. Um, looks like he's going to be missed. They're going to have a huge funeral. Can you imagine the funeral they're going to have for him? International. Uh, what are they going to have it at? Like Rose Bowl? Global. <laughs> you got to have it at a stadium. It's going to be crazy. There's no place big enough, really. But you know, if you if you think about. If you think about uh, pop stars and rock stars and icons that are in America, there's only so many of them, really, I guess, that were as big as uh, Michael Jackson. 
um, you know, obviously Elvis is the name that everybody's throwing out there. It's the same as when Elvis died. Remember what I was doing when I heard about it? Um, yeah. Rob, you're really, yeah. you're really wound up over that, man. we got to get into some racing here. So you're going to have a show coming up here that's going to be starting in a few weeks, right? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be, we are going to have a show, because if I do it, I'm sure you're going to be involved in it somewhere <laughs> or another. But I guess it's going to give all you folks out there something a little bit different to listen to. I know we do the racing shows, and we're going to continue to do those. And, um, you know, the deal is, is we're looking for some more input from uh, people out there. We're going to do shows that um, people want to hear, or uh, we're going to do shows what we want to do. So That's right. The uh, yin and the yang. The yeah. salt and the pepper. Yeah. The right and the yeah. left. You know? I think that no matter what, if you listen to... Uh, we're not talking politics there. We're just talking right and left. We could be talking poli- politics, but uh, trust me, it'll be bipartisan. Because <laughs> nobody knows what's going on right now. There's no doubt the country's in turmoil. It's upside down, and you can't get really... Good radio in the evening doesn't seem like you can, so most of you folks get a chance in the evening to listen to us or during. And we know why that is, and we'll tell everybody all about why that is. Yeah. That's a fact. We're going to change that. You'll be able to listen to us whenever you want. Uh, at times, it might be live. Uh, most of the time, you'll need to uh, download uh, the show. But, um, you know, if we could start getting some input from some callers and some people, actually, that really liked it now... Uh, that would be nice. My particular show is going to be called Rob Says. Um, but, we, it's, you know, it's the start of uh, our, our network. We've been talking about the network and talking about, oh, we want to do this, we want to do that. Me and Jack, we talk about a lot of things. We sit down and we do some of them, and uh, some other folks out there, other guys and girls are behind the scenes, uh, help try to float this thing along. But I think we've got enough uh, personalities out here that uh, – we could definitely formulate some kind of network with everybody doing their own thing and uh, still having our racing network, getting some more into sports. Racing music, um, racing music, you know, sports. Just, there's just not enough in racing alone um, to keep us occupied. You know, it, it's exciting and it's fun, and um, I love talking about it. I love uh, talking about the up-and-coming guys, and it's exciting in Florida here with all the racers that we have and all the young guys coming up. Um, the karting stuff's exciting, you know. I mean, we started out just doing a little bit, and then realized, well, uh, it's pretty exciting. A lot of people are involved in it, and really, for the most part, you don't get involved in auto racing without being involved in karting, and that's really what we're finding out. So, uh, I guess we're kind of getting the people in their prime early, and they're racing, and uh, maybe we can teach them how to be self-promoters. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we take a break and come back here and talk to uh, Joe Winchell, who's up uh, on his way from Florida up to North Carolina to do some racing up there. Big Joe.
Right, welcome back to uh, this edition of Inside Florida Racing here on Real Racing USA. That, by the way, is uh, gold in your eyes from Danny Toller, who's a guitar player for the uh, was a guitar player for the Allman Brothers, a good friend of mine. Yeah, I hate it when I get gold in my eye. Yeah, isn't it terrible? And uh, that was yeah. from uh, a CD they did a couple of years ago. Anyway, we caught up with Joe Winchell, who is. Um, you know, of course, everybody knows is one of the top uh, late model drivers in Florida and has been for a long time. And, uh, Joe, welcome to the show. And I just want to know, what did you do, man? Did you find the Fountain of Youth? Did you get some racer Viagra for racers? What happened, man? You have just been on fire here. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on the show to begin with. But, no, we just, you know, you get it long enough, and, and you have your good times and you have your bad times, and you keep staying with it, and you're going to get both. But uh, we're having a good year right now. We fit on a couple things, and... Uh, yeah, we just keep digging along, and main thing is have fun at the races. And uh, you're up, you're going up to North Carolina. You're on your way to North Carolina right now, aren't you? Yeah, we're on our way to North Carolina. I actually got a uh, a little guy that races a bandolier and a Legends car for us, and he's going to be at the summer shootout tomorrow night. So we're going there, and then uh, Friday night I'm going to run the Jim McCoy 64 car at Greenville Pickens for a Pass South race. And hopefully Sunday we're going to take the same car to Hickory for another pass-south race. So, uh, you know, we've got a good week looking forward to us. We're doing the vacation and taking the race car with us type thing, old-school type thing. And uh, hopefully we can have a good week. All right. Sounds like you're going to have a good time for sure there, uh, Joe. Um, I like how you say that, you know, the old-school vacation deal. Yeah, well, I mean, we we had a plan to go up there. I go up there every year and help this kid with the summer shootout deal and uh, – Jim McCoy and his dad found out we were going to be there, and they said, well, let's find a race, and we'll just bring the car up there. And, and you know, they, they don't have a ton of money, but when they go, they'll throw everything at it, and if we have to sit out a few races, they do that. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of money nowadays to race, but they're a good group to work with. So I'm pretty lucky. You, you've been uh, running a lot uh, this year down at Charlotte County uh, Motorsports Park in Ponte Gorda. Uh, and it seems like the car counts down there in that particular class, the late models, is uh, just keeps climbing. You know, they had 26 this past weekend. Yeah, I run the uh, – actually, that's the Black 57 car that I ran in the Goodyear Challenge Series. That car's owned by Art Herman. Uh, I've drove for him since 97. But, uh, you know, Bobby Deal was smart enough to, to look at all the cars in Florida – and, and find some way to put them all together. It, it wasn't that hard. It's no different than what we did back in the USA days. You know, everybody thinks that was one class of late models. It, it is one class of late models. So just find a way to put everybody. And, you know, we're all basically within 150 pounds of each other and, and make a, a carburetor adjustment on each car, and, and let's go racing. And Bobby has found a way to make it work, pays attention to the qualifying times, and if you, if you have the qualifying times and look at them, you see it spread out. I mean, every week there's a different group. I mean, I've been lucky. We've set fast times uh, four times. But if you look, it's still spread out between Supers and ASA cars and stock clip cars. And it's a good deal he's got going down there. And that's all every track needs to do is just play with the carburetors and play with the total weight, and everybody can race. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, you know, it's worked out for him. His, his late model races have been, uh, you know, very successful, um, considering the economic times they're going through. Uh, how many cars are you getting down there now, Joe? Uh, last week he actually had 28 signed in, and we started 26 in the feature. And uh, I mean, that's supers. You know, supers are there. Supers can run their four barrel. They just weigh a, a little bit more than a Goodyear Challenge car, and then the ASA cars are the lightest with the crate motors. 
and it's making it work. And every track could do the same thing. If a guy with a super, you know, if we have to do it in New Smyrna, then the, then the supers have to put a two barrel on, but we can still make it work. And it's a lot better racing with 20 something cars than it is with 10. And uh, right. you know, I'm a race fan as much as I am a racer. And I mean, Jack will tell you, I saw him up at the Paul Memorial. That's right. I just love racing. I mean, I'm trying to hook up with Chan Smith to drive a dirt car. So, you know, I just, I love this game. I went down to Ponte Gorda and drove a Pro 4 with a kid down there because he asked me to drive a switch off race with him. You know, it's racing. We got to put on a fan, you know, a show for the fans and appreciate them when they spend their money to come out there. But you got to give them a show. That's right. That's cool. Always got to give them a show. So, uh, what's up? Is Sean going to let you, uh, Drive his car or what? Is he gonna let Randy well, drive? Got, What's the deal? <laughs> I know he's got the a whole, couple of the whole deal there. He's got a couple laying around here, and I keep bugging him. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to try one of them things. I mean, I, I'm not into getting all dirty and stuff because my car's got to be clean. But uh, I sure wouldn't mind trying to wheel one of them things. Well, I don't ever see Sean looking that dirty at the racetrack. He stays pretty clean. <laughs> Yeah, but I see them when they have it, and they got to clean all the mud off of it. I, I ain't sure I like all that part of it. Yeah. That's yeah, much easier to clean an asphalt car, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you've been able to race pretty much this year. Uh, what kind of deal you got going? I just got really good car owners, and, uh, you know, I work on my own stuff here at the house. Uh, the, the Black 57 cars, I have a shop where I maintain them cars. Uh, the 64 cars, like I said, are owned by Jim McCoy and his dad. They live down south. And I, I, I'm just real lucky. Everybody around me that goes with me, they pay their own bills. And uh, I just got worried about getting the cars there. And, you know, I'm a big following from the Hialeah days. I mean, there was people at, at Charlotte County there Saturday night that used to come to Hialeah to watch us. So, and, and that's really neat when you have people that want to drive three hours just to watch a race and you know, like I said, that's the whole deal for the fans is you got to put on a show, and, and if we can keep doing that and get through this and the car counts will build back up, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we can save these racetracks and make it what it used to be. Well, I mean, 28 cars at a, at a late mile race, that's uh, pretty good. That's pretty oh, yeah, that's real good, actually. So uh, yeah. I think mean, you can continue I've, to I've do that. It. Right. I mean, I've said it all along. A, a lot of the problems with these tracks aren't the late models. A lot of the problems are the smaller classes, and, and you know, but that's the people that, that – aren't in it as long and it's harder for them to get to the racetrack and you know the promoters and racetrack owners need to try to find a way to get more of them guys out there and and the rest of it will take care of itself but you know you just you do what you can do and have a good time doing it if you're not having fun there's no need to do it <clears throat> that's right it's all about fun because you ain't making the money with it no you're not going to make a living out of it and you get by and pay for the race cars and go back but that's about all you can do and you're having fun when you're winning uh, you know, I, you have a ball when you're winning, and I've been lucky down there this year. And I mean, heck, we've got Jimmy Scar going good too at Orlando a couple of weeks ago. We were second fastest, and then run second in that race. And uh, but I mean, we pretty much have a good time no matter what we do. I mean, I've been at it long enough that you're just going to do it again the next weekend, hopefully. So That's get back cool. together and go back. That's cool. What did you think of the Powell Powell Memorial up at Ocala? I thought it was a good show. I mean, you know, I haven't been to a lot of dirt races, and I'm going to be honest and probably upset a lot of people. I don't think it's no better than a good asphalt late model race, but like I said, I wouldn't mind doing it, but it, it was a good show. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, you know, I, I can still remember standing there at the fence at Lakeland and seeing 20-something cars drive off in the corner. That's a pretty good show right there, too. So, yeah. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's racing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Bobby Deal, you know, Bobby Deal's worked really hard down there to get a second groove in at that place. And uh, he's fixing to have a really good show down there with some side-by-side racing because he's found something to put on that track, and it's working. I mean, I tested all day. Not all day. I went out for two practices, but right away I went up to the high side just to see if there's anything there. And uh, there's something to get a hold of, so he's, he's on to something. All right. Let's well, put on it. I don't know. He's, got, he's working with some asphalt company. I don't know what it is, but uh, people need to take notice. That's cool, Joe. He's been treating the track every week. I know it's worked for his open wheel modifieds, and that's where I first heard about it. So we went down there this week. We changed up a little bit. And, and uh, I mean, the green came out. I stayed up on the outside, and that's how we went to the front. All right, man. Joe, where did you get your start in racing? I started at Hylia Speedway back in the 70s. In cars? And, uh, I mean, you race cars all the time? Do you ever race go-karts? No, I never did nothing. I mean, I'll, you know, still play with them now when go do the rental deal up at Ocala, but uh, no, I started in uh, the old 57 Fords and just started racing there and started when I was 15 years old and never gave it up. Yeah, man, you've got to have um, quite a few races that you've actually uh, been involved in. You know, as the years go on, those races continue to stack up. You got any count? Uh, I, I know i got 300 trophies in my shop, so... You know, I haven't kept track of the future wins or anything like that. I mean, there's some big ones that mean a lot to me. We won the Marion Edwards Junior three times, and, uh, you know, we won the last race at Highly Speedway. There's, there's a lot of them that mean a lot to me, but like I said, we just keep going back, and, and I'm, I'm lucky I get to do it. i got good people around me that, you know, to believe in a guy that's 52 years old and let him drive their race cars, and uh, just a great deal for me right now, so we'll just keep digging, having a good time. All right, man. That's cool. I'll tell you what, you have a great weekend up there uh, in North Carolina. I'm sure you win, will, and uh, probably see you win, maybe win some more, huh? Oh, that would be neat. I mean, we win one of these fast races. I don't know. You know, it may take a while to get back home from that one. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go. They gave me the opportunity, and uh, I've never raced a hickory, and I, I kind of want to do that. So uh, we're going to go see what happens. Yeah. Well, good luck, good man. Good luck, Joe. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, on. thank you, Joe. Right. Appreciate Take it. Take it easy. All right. All right. See you, guys. All right, man. Joe Winchell, one of the guys been around a while and is uh, definitely on a hot streak right now in the late models. Yeah, uh, they just keep building up that car count in, in the late models down at uh, Charlotte County uh, Motorsports Park. And uh, if uh, Rob, as you know better than than I, if he does succeed in being able to Get these guys convinced they can run two grooves. Look out. Yeah. So, look out. Yeah, look out. Let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, Joe Linebarrier. And, of course, in, uh, later in the after that, we're going to talk to Scott Legacy. And uh, tell you about a – we're always talking about uh, guys driving in open trailers versus these, uh, you know, giant – $300 million rigs, you know, that they, they come to the races with their their little cars in. And uh, we have a little special thing tonight about the, uh, the open trailer uh, deal, and we'll talk about that later. We'll be right back. You're listening to Racing. Would you like to ride in my Rocket 69? Rocket 69, Rocket 69, Rocket 69, with a 
Welcome back to this edition of Inside Florida Racing on Real Racing USA. Um, you need to hurry up because Joe's getting sloppy Joe all over him. Is he really? He's always eating that dude, man. Hey, uh, Joe Linebarrier, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Hey, it's my pleasure, you guys. And take your time. I mean, I'm here as long as you guys are. I mean, family supper, sitting down, uh, it doesn't mean that much to me. <laughs> <laughs> sloppy Joe Dirt. Yeah. But no, I, I knew what time we were going to be on, so this one, this one's totally on me. No problem, you guys. <laughs> so, so uh, give us your reflections. Uh, you've had a, over 24 hours to uh, digest it now. Give us your reflections on the Scott Thompson Memorial and the whole night, Joe. Well, I, I think most of all, over the years, and, and this is something I was thinking about today driving, you know, when Dick Murphy owned Volusia Speedway Park, the place, I mean, obviously very successful, but... We were kind of like the, the the ugly stepsister, you know, that was kept in the closet. Great racetrack, great racing all the time, good car counts. But with the, you know, acquisition of Volusia by World Racing Group and Dirt Motorsports, it, it just seems like we're so much more on the map now, even though we're out in the woods there, you know, on the edge of the forest, and so much more on the map and so much more a part of the racing community. And to be able to host, you know, the scott thompson memorial for the fourth consecutive year with with you guys the united dirt late model channel series it's just just amazing but that that's the main thing that i've really thought about lately was the fact that you know in its over 40 year existence volusia uh, has, has finally arrived and is really a valid 
relevant racetrack here in here in Florida. I see that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. No, I really, you know, I mean, you, I really do. See that? I mean, you, you've had your involvement with the racetrack, Jack, and sometimes, you know, Dick Murphy got me started in this business, and I owe him everything. But it was the the style, you know, of, of uh-huh. Chip, and not a bad thing, but it was different. I remember you trying to get a credential. And, uh, That's right. For all intents and purposes, getting cussed out. Yeah, it, it took a while. Then one day, yeah, it, th- it took a while. Then one day, uh, Dick needed a an article written, and he called on me, and I uh, was uh, both pleased and surprised. Yep, and, and he's always there for you. He's still right there for us when we need him. And uh, he's don't get me wrong; he's enjoying his retirement, and uh, you know has no no aspirations to to have another racetrack ever again. So you know, all is well there. But it's just amazing, you know, with the. Uh, the United Dirt Lane Model Challenge Series, you know, expecting probably more than 34 cars. We had some 60 last year. But, I mean, what do you want? I mean, you look at the quality of the field out there. You had everybody that's anybody, uh, you know, in local, you know, Florida and, and southeastern late model racing. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'll tell you what, the fans got their money money's worth. They had to wait a while to, to, for the big show to come on. But uh, when, once it was on stage, it was on stage, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, we didn't see the grandstands uh, empty out no. for the most part. Nope. You know, some people, it's kind of tough for them to stay up, you know, past 10 o'clock. But, you know, personally, I don't have any say-so uh, on when we run what division. I will say, traditionally, a program like that has run a little bit more in the middle, you know, as far as the feature. But, you know, they ran it the way they ran it, and it all worked out very well. And uh, the big, I think the most noticeable thing was the track crew, what they were able to accomplish after having to put up with the weather, you know, on Saturday with, you know, over an inch of rain fell in the morning. And a lot of people didn't even think this this was going to happen Saturday night. So they scrambled and uh, was thrashing on the racetrack. And, man, they, they gave it a, just a beautiful surface. Yeah, and in the early stages of the race, it looked like Mark Whitener was just going to do another one of those run-away-with-it deals. And, uh, boy, that changed in a hurry. And, uh, and uh, Jason Fitzgerald and Ivan and Lloyd put on one of the best shows uh, on dirt late models in the state this year. There's no doubt. And, you know, you knew Mark was there. Jason was there. Uh, I had, I don't know, I, I was a little more excited about Keith Nosbich before things started to kind of go away for him. But mm-hmm. interestingly enough, you saw Ivan and Lloyd now during the pill draw. He was talking about how he really wanted to start on the outside of the front row. You know, and that tells me, you know, this guy wants to be on the, the outside of the racetrack all night long. And he, he pretty much ditched that effort and was a bottom feeder, you know, as long as he could be, and he stayed on the bottom. But it appeared with about 10, maybe 15 to go, here's when Jason really started to, you know, apply the pressure to him. And it looked like Ivan was, you know, having a tough time cutting through some of the clutter of the lap cars, and maybe his tires were going away. Uh, it wasn't the case, though. I mean, Jason was able to grab the lead more than once, but then when it was over, Ivan just, dude, he just concocts that recipe that only the professor can it was unbelievable what he was able to accomplish yeah it it, it seemed to me he was able to negotiate the the, the lap cars because they were lapping a lot of cars and it seemed like he was doing that a little little more efficiently than uh than jason was able to he, he was and, and you got to give a lot of that to ronnie brown i mean you got chris freeman the guy that uh, he's one of our points drivers he comes out of uh enterprise florida over here in volusia county and, and he's a low-budget racer, and, you know, he's learning in the late model. So he did, in fact, get a provisional. So he started towards the back, and he was one of the first cars to go a lap down. But, you know, Chris Freeman is no stranger to knowing, you know, that 0-7 and where it's going to be. And Ronnie Brown just worked that lap traffic from the flag stand. And those guys gave Ivan all the room he needed for the most part. But then there's guys 
you know, around the middle of the pack that are racing for positions themselves. So there's really no obligation for them to, to move over if they don't want to. But I think everybody cooperated with Dick pretty good. Yeah. Rob, did you have something there? No, I'm just listening to you guys. I was uh, comparing the finishes um, from uh, the the two memorials from the Powell and the uh, Scott Thompson, and it's uh, funny, you know, you got your same guys running up front there uh, putting on a show. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Johnny Collins, Mark Whitener, uh, Daryl oh, yeah. Padgett. Daryl Padgett did real good. He's yeah, he he did good, and it uh, looks like he must have had some problems in the pal or something that put him in the back. Rob, that's the story right there, and I can't talk enough about this young man. Um, I don't know, I just maybe just keep a special eye on him because he just had a baby. There were some complications uh, with his wife and, and the birth of the child. Everything's fine now, but I watched Daryl, and he's a, he's a good Christian young man, and the relationship he's developed with Merle Mixon, the owner of his car, it's really a Cinderella story. They had a brand-new car. Well, let's back up. Last year, you, you couldn't you couldn't take a race away from this guy. He was winning everywhere, certainly at Volusia, Golden Isles. He was winning all over the place. And they said, well, hey, we're doing so well. Let's build us a brand-new race car. That's a natural progression. You'd think that's normal. They did that and then could barely even make these races. They scratched their head after the Powell, and, and um, um, Daryl said to Mr. Mixon, he said, we got to do something here. So they yanked the cover off the old car, and now he ran second last Saturday night and then a, a good top five this uh, past Saturday night. So things are, are looking a lot better for, for Daryl Padgett, and I just personally think they need to stay with this old race car. Yeah. yeah and uh, yeah. But uh, definitely this month has belonged to Ivan and Lloyd. There's no doubt. Man. It has, and, and Ivan, I mean, he's, he's certainly a, a local favorite wherever he goes, all the way up through Georgia. I don't know. It's it's interesting that he came together with a guy like David Clegg. David Clegg, I mean, here's a guy that he doesn't need anybody to drive that race car. He's, he's accomplished so much on his own. But you guys are very well aware that Ivan and Lloyd, was just, he ran out of money. So he was unable to run any kind of super late model stuff here in 2009, and he wanted to run the Southern All-Stars and perhaps uh, grab a couple Lucas Oil late model races, World of Outlaws. Things were progressing. He was moving up the ladder, and he was going to go super late model racing this year. And pretty much just, you know, with the business, uh, Marion Machine Shop, just unable to do that financially. So he had a lot of old steel block stuff laying around. He still had some limited stuff. And coming together with David Clegg, I don't know how that started. And uh, that would be a great question for either one of those two guys. But uh, that's, that's a marriage made in heaven right there. It's unreal what those two guys can do. I went up to David at the end of the night there, and I just grabbed him around his neck. I said, man, you are unbelievable. Because you got to give a lot of credit to David, too. You know, uh, uh, Ivan, his dad's working on the race car. A little dude, Mark Hool, is working with him. Ivan ain't working with it. But at the end of the day, man, it's, it's David Clegg's car, and he makes the final say on what's going to happen to it. Yeah. Well, it was a, definitely a good show. It was a good crowd, a lot of, pe- a lot of people there, and uh, it was an adequate number of cars put on a good show. There was five or six guys who got snookered by the rain. They, they thought that it wasn't going to happen, and I know uh, Philip Cobb, for one, for instance, they were very sorry they didn't make it. They expected that it was going to rain out, and four or five or six other teams did as well. But Is that what it was, Jack? I mean, guys from East Bay after they rained out, because we didn't see Jeff Matthews. Uh, you know, we didn't see... Uh... Devin Dixon, we didn't see uh, Peacock, you know, some of these guys that run regularly over there. Yeah. So I, w- I was surprised about that. Yeah, that that was what uh, uh, 
Ken talked to a bunch of those guys, and I, I can't speak okay. for all of them, but definitely sure. Cobb was uh, was one for sure that that was the case, and and apparently there were uh, several others, and that was. Uh, but regardless, it was uh, it was a very very good show, and uh, and uh, man, it was a good race. It was, and you know, speaking of Phil Cobb, of course, he drove for Bill Thompson right after uh, Scott died back in 2005, and. <clears throat> Bill Thompson was able to kind of wrangle up Phil Cobb, and they had some good times. They had some bad times, but at the end of the day there, they decided to part ways. Patrick Williams was thrown into the seat of that number 38 car, and one thing that I didn't get an opportunity to ask Patrick was, is there added pressure for this kind of race? You've got Martha Thompson, his mom, in the grandstands, Bill certainly owning the race car. How much, if any, added pressure is on Patrick Williams to be able to perform well? Because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, this guy finished way, way in the back after having some problems, and I know he was pretty dejected. He was sitting with Martha oh. in the grandstands after it. it it's got to be just too much. Oh, I would think so. You know, uh, I spoke to him at as they were last year, uh, as the cars were lined up out on the track getting ready to, to, to go racing. Um, I spoke to him in his car for a few minutes, and, uh, you know, and I remembered very specifically the race last year. It was, you know, he... He gave it his all, that's for sure. He yeah. ended up third, oh, yeah. driving way back from the middle of the pack to, to take third. And I saw him there this year, and I would have to, I mean, we'll, we'll have to ask him and get him on your show, uh, Dirt World, or, or on, on Inside Florida Race and ask him that. Sure. But, but my observation would be I'm absolutely convinced in my mind there is. There's a that's lot of it. Yeah, and you could, you know, you know Patrick. He's pretty laid back all the time. You could just kind of, you could just kind of sense the little bit extra tension there, and uh, and and that, that wreck wasn't his fault. He got into over there, I don't think, and you know. No, not at all. No, I mean he was collected, but uh, right. he performed much better back in 2008. But hey, they move on, they pack up, and it's it's neat because I talked to Bill in the afternoon, and he said, you know, Joe. Um, this traveling is killing me. He said, this is just, just really getting tough, not only financially, but, you know, physically. It's really hard. And and you can see where they're coming from, certainly outside looking in. But he actually said in two, 2010, he might just kind of dedicate himself to the local racetracks. And that, of course, would be Volusia, East Bay, and maybe a couple of more. But I think they're done with the road after 2009. Yeah. So what's coming up for, uh, for Joe? Uh, you know, it, of course, Independence Day weekend, just going to relax. But, you know, the summer, is it's just hot at Volusia Speedway Park. This is when things really start to shine. And Tanya is so creative, our general manager, in the stuff she puts together. July 11th, when we come back, it's going to be casino night. And we have, that, what did she call it, Fast Lane, Five Secta. Anyway, we're going to do all kind of drawings, and we're going to roll the dice at the, at the gate. Now, the people that want to get into the grandstands will get the dice if they roll a seven. They get in for seven bucks. If they roll an eleven, they get in for eleven bucks. How cool is that? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. All right. So it's a, a real crapshoot there to try to get in, but that's just some of the little things. And then, of course, I look forward to, and I always bring this up, Jack. But August first, the second annual Barberville Weeder Nationals. That's our dachshund race. We've <laughs> been training extensively for that, Rob. Yeah. And uh, he's, yeah. he's got to win this year. He was third last year. That's not acceptable. I tried to give him away. Nobody would take him, so we've trained, and uh, 
Wilhelm. You, you've trained. Joe, how do you what? trade a Dotson? How many hot dogs, many hot dogs you got to feed them to train them? <laughs> no, no, no. He, no, no, no. It's all, Rob, it's all about lean and mean, buddy. This, this dog can do the 50-yard dash in five seconds. And I, and I know I put the little solo cups out in my yard, and I, I walked it off. Wait a minute. Are you serious? I, I <laughs> promise you guys. I will put hey, it on you YouTube. you got to put some jumps you. in there. you got to put some no jumps, jumps in there to we, make it harder. We, Come on. Yeah, we do 50 feet on the front straightaway, and whatever the dog's motivation is, that's what you bring to the track. Willie's <laughs> happens to be a basketball. I roll that ball as far and as hard as I can down the road, and he takes off after it. We trained so hard last week, he was... He was a little out of shape. His pad started bleeding, so I felt kind of bad. Joe, Joe, you need a personal trainer, man. I mean, you need you need some physical therapy after training. Come on, man. I know, I know. Well, we will be in the wiener circle on August first. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe. We got to run. Scott Legacy's waiting for us up up and up the road. Scott uh, Legacy started at Volusia Speedway Park. Don't forget it. He was uh, unbelievable in the street stocking sportsman out there. Talk about it. And you guys, it's always a pleasure. We'll see you soon. See you, Joe. Thank you, man. All right. See you. All right. There you have it. Joe Dirt. <laughs> the wiener what? <laughs> Give me a break. International. <laughs> Give me a break. It's great. Uh, I'll tell you what. Where are we here? It's time for us to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk to Scott. Sounds good. Very good.
back here on Inside Florida Racing, and uh, you know, Rob, I'll tell you, at a racetrack these days, this next guest is not, certainly not just another face in the crowd, uh, um, driving uh, at, at nearly at the at the peak of, uh, of the whole NASCAR chain, uh, Scott Legacy, uh, welcome to Inside Florida Racing, man. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. How are you doing this evening? All right. Rob? Yeah, we're doing great, man. Um, how incredible is the pizza, I want to ask you? <laughs> i tell you what. I am uh, I'm not, the, for some reason, a buffet-style eater. I usually don't eat at buffet places very often, but um, it is pretty good. And even better than that, they will make you whatever you ask them to make you. Um but probably better than the food and the buffet and everything is uh, how much fun the places are there. For most people, it's kind of a confusing name because it doesn't really do it any justice. But they are forty to sixty thousand square foot family entertainment, uh, indoor putt putt, go karts, bumper cars, uh, video games. I mean, the latest greatest stuff. So for me, it's a it's a lot of fun. I, I go and do appearances there, and and it's really just being a big kid like I am. Where is that? Uh, there are 17 locations right now. Uh, the closest, unfortunately, for us in Florida here is Memphis, Tennessee, although they uh, there are slating some in the future here. I'm not sure how far out, but um, we'll open. They're, they're opening five new locations that I'm aware of this year, so um, really a great uh, family atmosphere and uh, really a lot of fun. Man, this looks really cool, Jack. I mean, they got all kinds of games and stuff for the kids to do, and <clears throat> looks like it'd be a good thing to have in Florida. Maybe we should open one. Yeah, there you go. All right. Scott Legacy, uh, we <laughs> can name it after you. Come on, because you're going to throw some money in it. <laughs> I, I can get you in touch with the right people for sure. To message it, but uh, no, no, they, are, they really good. are a lot of fun. They, they're a lot a of fun. I'll tell you a funny Go ahead. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, well, I went and did an appearance. So uh, it was at the the Texas location in Euless, Texas, and uh, started messing around with go karts and playing. And uh, there's a kid who's about twelve or fourteen got on him, and we started messing around with each other. There wasn't anybody else around, and uh, except for the uh, Shana who handles my the PR for the team and and. Uh, Make sure I don't do anything dumb during a week and weekend. But uh, like race go karts. This, this, yeah, this kid and I, we start messing around. Well, of course, he starts chopping me, and uh, we're having fun. And 
he starts we start giving each other a hard time so I finally just turned him and um and we drove on by and then uh, obviously let him back in front and we had a good old time but he thought it was the coolest thing ever and, and I had a blast so it it really is a lot of fun and so uh, we, 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 we were just talking with Joe Linebarrier, the announcer, of course, over at Volusia, and he said, uh, you know, we, we couldn't uh, have you on without mentioning the fact that that's where you started racing uh, back in uh, several years ago. And uh, um, how's it going with what you're doing now on Nationwide Series? You know, it, it's good. It, it's tough. I mean, I'm having a great time and, and obviously want to, want to run a little better than what we are you always want to do that but yeah Volusia for me is is a lot of fun I mean the cool thing for me is I, I get back there as often as I can to run because it's, it's a lot of the guys that I grew up racing against who who really you know whether they know it or not they're the ones that taught me racing and um, I can tell you right now we have some of the toughest and some of the best racers in the country here because I've raced against a lot of guys and and I can still remember the early days of racing and that's as hard as i've ever raced and, and and you can't you just learn so much in fact um i've got a, a good friend of mine who's uh who's starting to race now down there at Volusion. uh heard he had a blast of the weekend this weekend and i'm gonna try to sneak back and watch him maybe even slide in there and push him around a little bit of uh but uh he's, he's been down there running some and uh, my dad, I've asked. My dad goes down and helps him, and and is trying to coach him and teach him right now. And he said, "There, the guys are as tough as ever and racing harder than than uh, than he's ever seen." So, um, you know, it's it's a great racetrack and a lot of fun. Yeah. Who is this mysterious friend? This mysterious friend. Uh, his name's Aaron Barsness, and uh, he hadn't driven anything until this year. We took him to uh, Brunswick for a for a fun day, and. Um, he surprised the heck out of me. He went a lot quicker than I ever thought he would his first time in the car. So uh, put a little deal together, and he's going to run down there some this year and, and again next and just kind of see where it goes. But uh, he's got the, the natural talent and ability. He just needs, needs the training and the coaching. And you know, the, the one thing that, that um, I, w- I wish we could do for him down there is put a radio on him where he could have a coach. That was something I was fortunate enough to have. Is You know, when I started racing, it was it – was, me driving the car, but I had 20 years of experience in my ears, so I, I didn't have to make a lot of the, the tough mistakes. And so he's he's got a little bit tougher right now because he doesn't have the radios and the coaching that that uh, he has to get it between sessions. But uh, he's doing a good job and learning, so and having fun. So um, I think he'll be somebody to watch in the future. So Scott, tell us about this uh, this uh, event that going in uh, coordination with uh, Flagler. Uh, uh, college over there that's a it's an event that's very very close to me personally it's um i have a, a very tight-knit group of friends there's five or six of us that have been uh, i mean very 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 close and uh we lost one of them josh uh passed away four or five years ago and um just really really great guy and uh, i'm a huge believer in education and in fact it did Went, went to college and graduated while racing. It was very difficult. But, but Josh, at the same time, um, as I was doing all that, I was fortunate enough to have the Florida scholarships and, and the things where I could spend time racing and, and going to school and didn't have to worry about making classes. And Josh really struggled with that. He, he had to, to um, 
you know, work jobs and, and miss a class here or there. And, and so anyway, uh, when he passed away, it, um, he had, he had uh, obviously touched me so much as, as a friend, just as a good person that, um, what we've done is, um, kind of started a scholarship of memorial fund in his name and, and really trying to just raise money, uh, to help kids go to school that, that may not have the resources to be able to, you know, to afford the books and to afford the other things. And, and, you know, just, it was tough for me to see him having to skip a class because he had to go work and, or skip a semester because he needed to work that semester. So, um, Flagler college was great. I, I did my first two years at UCF and then moved to Flagler and that uh, was the best move I've ever made. And, and, um, they've been great to me and, and it's just a great school. So we're, we're going to really try to, they stepped up and we're going to try to raise some money and, and try to help some kids, uh, with their schooling. All right. So, so what is the the events over there this this Wednesday night? Yeah, what we'll do is uh, we're having uh, this is the first first time, and and uh, it's going to be I, I I thought it was going to be a small deal. It turned out to be bigger than what I even expected. But uh, from five to seven Wednesday night in Flagler at Flagler College in St. Augustine, um, of course I've went and leaned on some friends throughout the NASCAR community to. Um, to get some cool autographs and a um, couple pretty neat things. I've got a, I got a helmet to sign by all the nationwide guys before the Loudon race this past weekend and then won the same on Sunday with all the cup guys on it. And um, so and that off along with a lot of local local support and different items. And, uh, in fact, just got off the phone with uh, the drummer from the band LAR, and they have offered to give up two and uh, meet and greet. Uh, when they're in town and kind of hang out with them before the show. Uh, so OAR is a, a band that I've listened to for a lot of years and, and one of my favorites. And fortunately, I've got a chance to meet them lately and uh, become good friends. So just some really neat items that are that are kind of, you know, I think I think one of the things we'll have is, um, you know, Kenny Francis is from Jacksonville, a good friend of mine. He's got their Sonoma Victory Lane hat with the Casey Kane sign. So, some pretty cool little things like that we're going to try to raise a little bit of money with. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, let me ask you this. When, when uh, Scott, when, when you, uh, obviously at the, at the cup level, uh, the pressure is, is immense and enormous with sponsorship, uh, you know, responsibilities, not to mention what you have to do performing on the track. How is it at the nationwide level? Is, is it tough with the, with that, with, from that aspect? I'll tell you this much, and and you know maybe it's different for for other people, but it it's uh, it's tough at every level. You know, I mean, when, when I started racing, I had you know to go to local companies, and and was very fortunate to to get support from Prosperity Bank and Nelson Plumbing and the State Title and First Guitar and companies like that. That you know, as a kid, even there was pressure for me because. It, these people were were supporting me, and you you want to do right by them. You want to you want to run good. You want to you know be a good person for them and a good spokesperson. And I think that starts. You know, I think you'll see at any level that it, it's pressure. Maybe that's just me putting it on myself because I want to want to do right by the people that are sticking their neck out for you. And and uh, but man, it it is tough all the way through the ranks, and and especially the nationwide and the cup level, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, that's. That the fact that you put that pressure on yourself is probably has a great deal to be to do with where you are right now, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> not everybody puts that kind of pressure on themselves and, and tries to 
you know, we've we've preached the the sermon for well over a decade. You know, as Rob knows that uh, you know the hardest races to win are the the races for sponsorship dollars and being able to keep them. You know, and if you're not gonna if you if you're not gonna be able to go out and compete in that arena, uh, you're never gonna get anywhere on the racetrack. You know, and and you've obviously proven that that's uh, that's true. I've been uh, I can tell you I've been very fortunate to to be in the the right places at the right time and to win the right races to get the opportunities and you know the the thing I keep seeing is is um you know if you're you've got the right intentions and you're you know you're you're doing the right things that people pay attention and and for me that's been been really key and and uh you know it's something I really you can't explain you almost got to say there's there's uh definitely something higher above taking care of things for you because I've been very fortunate and been in some rough situations and come out the other side and uh, with with better people and better scenarios so it's uh very very fortunate that's for sure and it's got you what you have three top 10 finishes this year on the on the tour <laughs> yeah the um for, for me to hear that only three of them is, is actually a pretty frustrating thing yeah. And we are, um, as a team, we are working really hard. And, and for me, that makes me work even harder. But uh, we've had good race cars all year long, and and we've had situations where uh, maybe maybe weren't of our doings necessarily to take right. a good run. But right. um, we have not shown our true potential yet. And and I'm from even Daytona this week. I'm pretty excited. We had a really good race car at Talladega, and and the guys are are bring a little bit different package here to Daytona because it's a handling track more than Talladega, but um, I'm learning the plate racing a little bit, had a good, uh, and I think we'll have a good weekend here. How, how, how between the top 20 cars? In this... I lost you there for a second, but I think you said how competitive is it between the top 20 cars? Um, how close is it between it is... those top 20 cars? Oh, it's uh, it's way more competitive than than I ever imagined. I mean, it's it's one adjustment during a race. You know, you you make the right adjustment and it's your day. You make the wrong adjustment and you're going to run 15th or 20th. And the the craziest thing about it is to run 15th, you're driving harder than if you're running up in the top five. So that's the kind of the the frustrating part of it. Um, but it, it, it's that competitive. I mean, it, there's there's not a team out there that that is just sitting down and, and all the way through the field. I mean, everybody's working as hard as they can, and, and the the game has been elevated so much. I mean, there's things taking place that I haven't even. I just I'm learning now. This is I can't believe it, you know. And and the driver side is the drivers are just getting that much stronger and that much better. And I mean, there's. Very few drivers now that aren't on serious training programs with uh, nutritionists, and you know, I mean, every every little edge you can find, it's being taken. Hmm. Yeah, Rob. Be, be, before you go, Scott, I'd like uh, Rob uh, to uh, speak with you briefly about your karting background, because uh, uh, you know we've developed a, a pretty pretty good following uh, this year. As I spoke to you earlier today. We've uh, developed a pretty good following of, of fans from the, that that segment of motorsports, um, uh, and Rob raced in carts uh, for for a long time. Um, Rob, why don't you delve into that a little bit? 
Yeah, well, you know, we we do a karting segment on here, and uh, you know, I I started racing in karts and got into racing, you know, several different kinds of cars and late models and everything else. And um, I think it's important that you know the kids out there that are growing up today that they uh, realize that you just don't sit behind the wheel of one of these cars and then automatically uh, know how to drive it. So uh, um, if you would maybe talk about your early experiences in racing to get you where you are today. Well, I mean, without a doubt, the, the karting route is, is definitely a must. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I've got, I've got a little cousin that's, uh, he'll be full in December, and we'll have him in one here before too long, you know, and, and whether he chooses to his route in life or not is, is we'll leave that up to his, to his option, you know, that he can make the determination whether he wants to be a race car driver or not, but, but we'll give him the, We'll put him in a cart for sure first. And for me personally, it was it laid the groundwork. I mean, I ran at 103rd Street and, and really learned a lot about about racing and about restarts and, and really how to how to go about things and to approach a race. And you know, fortunately, I, I got right out of a go kart and and one weekend and then got into a stock car the next and and set fast time and won the race. So I, to me, it was a you know, without a doubt, a huge, huge tool to move forward. And, and I'll tell you this much, that that uh, we use them to this day. I, I've got a, a cart that I keep, uh, and uh, uh, Kenny's got one himself, Francis, um, and we keep them in a trailer, and we just go, we unload them and go play. And it's a good hand-eye tool and, and a good racing, you know, trainer, really. And, and uh, you know, the, I think the key, the, the one thing that I've always told myself though is i had so much fun kart racing and, and just being a kid and racing hard against guys that when i when i left the carts and and even on up through levels to today is i've always told myself that the minute that i quit having as much fun as i had there that uh, i would hang it up and i think that that's the key is to just try to enjoy it and, and see what happens but they are they are a great tool and and you know, the karting family is a lot of fun. We we get to go hang out with the guys at WK up in Charlotte a good bit and run there, so it's fun. Yeah. yeah. But you brought up the 103rd, uh, that's the 103rd Street Complex in Jacksonville. We've talked about it a few times. You know, that always stands out to me as one of the things that in my karting days, uh, was re- we ran uh, a twin-engine Yamaha back then and what was Supercart USA. You know, we'd come and run there and... Uh, I'll still say today, and you'll probably agree that you probably haven't been in racing when you've been racing in the nationwide series. You probably haven't come to too many corners that are like the corner off the <laughs> left hand or off the straightaway there at 103rd. If you're on the outside and you're going to try to stay there, no, I can I can still remember to this day, you know, battling um, one of my at the time we were we were enemies as as hardcore as could be racing, but it, I've gained so much respect for him as a racer, and we've become such great friends and very close to this day is wade lennon and, and i can remember us you know two wide through there or swapping back and forth drafting by each other and slinging it sideways through through the end of the straightaway there and it's it's wild it's one definitely will wake you up <laughs> without a doubt into there and what year and i still what years were you racing go-karts there i ran in 96 97 so Wade, Wade had already won a bunch of national championships, and and so I proceeded to go out there and try to outrun him, and, and it was a quick lesson. 
Yeah. So so now, other than uh, other than the the carding experience, it's got to be college. Got to do that one, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it was it was something for me. You know, at, at the time, it came to a head. You know. Do I do I just pick up take off and, and go try to get a job in, in Charlotte and see what happens, or do I go to school and just keep racing as hard as I can and hope to get noticed? And um, you know this, that was the time I kind of leaned on my mom the most and, and my parents and great family, fortunately, and and they recommended going the college route and and had some great friends step up and really help me through that time to be able to continue to race, but. You know, it taught me so much about myself and about life and about what I could, um, you know, how much pressure I could take and how I could stand it, that it, that it really, I think it helped create a, a never-die attitude that, that at the end of a race when you're, you you probably shouldn't win it and and uh, you don't really have a chance that somehow it pulls out at the end. So, um, you know, I, I without a doubt, I mean, I... I um, one of the greatest times of my life and, and learned uh, more about myself probably than anything during that time. All right, that's cool, man. And, and one more time here, give us give us a little brief on the event this Wednesday and how people, if they want to get involved in this um, whole deal, can, can get in touch with you and so forth. Uh, when, Wednesday evening from 5 to 7, it's going to be got a live band, some um, – some food and and really just a, a silent auction and a kind of a hangout. You know, for me, I don't like to sit and just sign autographs for a table long of people. And most drivers don't. It's more about getting to know everybody and hanging out. So we're going to keep it pretty mellow like that. And uh, you know, obviously, any any support of of it would be greatly appreciated. And, and that can go either through Flagler College. Um, if you can make it Wednesday evening, that is great. If for some reason you can't. Uh, and you would like to support uh, the cause, um, shoot an email to info at scottlegacy.com and, and uh, we'll definitely get back with you and, and make that happen. All right. That's cool. This That's a good thing, and it's a good cause. And, uh, man, we wish you the absolute best, and uh, we want to see you in the winner's circle, man. We'll be watching. And, and you know, Thanks, this, guys. We, we, you got at least we know you, you have the uh, inside Florida racing, real racing USA bump in your favor now. It's 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 been a positive force for a lot of people. Maybe it'll work for you. All right, good yeah, deal. You're gonna win Thank next you week. Right. You're gonna win in Daytona this week. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Go get him, Scotty. So, you guys have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, right, man. Take it easy. Bye. All right, Rob. A good cause and a good guy, no doubt. Yeah, you know, he's doing really good in the standings. I started looking, you know, and uh, you, if you look at, um, you've got your, your cup drivers, you know, five cup drivers, Kyle Busch, Carl Edwards, Keslowski, Jason Leffler, and Joey Logano. Um, those guys are all double-duty guys, and uh, they've got all that backing behind them. He's running 12th, and uh, he's within 200 points of those guys. Right. You know, so uh, he's doing really well. You know, that whole series, that whole nationwide series is full of a bunch of guys that have, a lot of them have had some tough luck. Um, I bet Scott's probably amazed that he's been able to hang 12th in points there, you know, only having three top tens. But um, it's been a year of issues for the nationwide series. But, uh, you know, it's good to see him doing well, you know, and uh, it's always good to hear from these guys from Florida, you know, and, uh, Going back to their karting days, 
I wish everybody out there could go to the 103rd Street Complex in Jacksonville and go run their go-kart around there or something, or go run a go-kart there so you could really see where, you know, we've talked to quite a few guys that have had their starts of racing and been around that racetrack and have talked about it here on our show. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. And they, uh, I don't think that's going to stop when we pick back up in uh, later in uh, July uh, with our karting segment. As a matter of fact, we are going to expand the karting deal to a one-hour show of its own. And whether it, uh, you know, what we do with the inside Florida racing time slot and how we do it is yet to be determined. But we have definitely committed to uh, one full hour of uh, of karting uh, news and, and interviews because we've gotten nothing but um, just awesome response from uh, from people uh, well beyond Florida. And uh, we've got sponsorship uh people inquiring as to how they can sponsor us and so sponsor the show and so forth. And, you know, and that's what it takes, you know. Yeah, and, and like we've been talking about um, with the race car end of it, the racing end, the racetrack, all that, the promoters, the promotion of the whole deal, the racer. Yeah. See why more people are not, you know, using the show to uh, well. promote themselves. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it, it, you, it's, it's radio is just like any other form. Internet radio is like any other form of entertainment. You know, it's like, uh, hey, it, it, uh, it, it's driven by uh, sponsorship dollars. I mean, that's what makes it all happen. And, and if it isn't sponsored, it goes away sooner or later. And that's the way it all works, whether you like it or not. That's just the Hey, yeah, you know, and guys fact. like Scott Legacy and Ryan Hunter Ray, they like to come on the show and promote themselves funny that we don't get more calls from local racers wanting to promote themselves isn't that funny it's funny i don't know if it's funny but i know i'm off to pennsylvania i'm gonna go marry off one of my daughters can't wait oh yeah yeah i can't wait so uh well, we'll be back that's in, good you know um we'll be back here with uh inside florida racing in two weeks we will not be uh broadcasting next week and uh Hopefully by then we'll have uh, Rob says on uh, on the take here and uh, fire that up. We're going to do that on Monday uh, night. Is that what you, we determined? I we... don't know if we'll do it on Monday night. Yeah, probably not. We we already got enough going on Monday night. Yeah, uh, we're probably going to do it mid mid to late week probably. Yeah, late week usually. That way, uh, that way I can really be fed up with what's going on that week. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> you must. Yes. You must wait. But uh, we all get by uh, with a little help from our friends, don't we? Yeah. Um, if you want to uh, get in touch with Jack for some promotion for the shows, you can do that. How do they do that, Jack? How do they actually get a hold of you? Well, the easiest way is to send an email to info at realracingusa.com. Or Karnak at Comcast.net. That's the easiest way. And if uh, you want to send something to me, you can send it to me personally, Rob Elting at AOL.com. By the way, anybody heard from CeCe today? I talked to CeCe uh, uh, a few days ago. As a matter of fact, we had a meeting down at Clear Channel. And uh, she's coming along. And uh, see, quite frankly now, the truth of the matter is, we were actually not going to do a show tonight. But uh, these guests that we had on, uh, Scott Legacy had something that he really needed to get out. He wanted to get some information out about this. And 
uh, he or his people. Con- promotion needed to be done. Yes, so he or his people contacted us, and uh, so we decided that uh, we would do the show. We weren't going to do it because we had so many things going on. Cece is, to answer your question, though, is doing quite well. She's back at it, and when we come back in a couple of weeks, Cece will be right here in the studio with us again. Yeah, in two weeks we'll be uh, naming the uh, Inside Florida Racing uh, Rail Race in USA. Um, Hildebrand Jewelers. Hildebrand Jewelers, Driver of the Month for June. And uh, I'll give you two guesses of who that will probably be. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick before we go, man, how about Incredible Pizza? Does that place sound incredible? Yes, it does. Incredible Pizza. Mm. Bowling, go-kart, um, miniature golf, pizza. Okay, if that doesn't work, I can't tell you what's going to work. All right. Incredible see, pizza. See you in two weeks. All right, man. Take it easy. Be so Certain it happens all the time. You know it does. What do you see when you turn up the light? I don't see nothing, but it's just a
gotta get my friends together. Cause all we gotta do is live. I'm gonna take them home with me now. You gotta get all of your friends. You gotta get all of your friends. Everybody knows the way. Everybody knows the way. You got your friends. You got your friends. Thank you very much indeed. See you again. Beautiful.